Good evening, gentlemen. Um, I am very honored and uh, excited to be here this evening. Um, I, my name is Andrew Gallison. Um, I fellowship at a small church in the Grand Rapids area called Grace and Truth Christian Fellowship. But, but the reason that I'm actually here is because I also have a radio ministry uh, where I go on uh, WJQ um, 99.3 and record morning devotionals for the morning show with Chris and Emily. And Andrew Dodd, who works uh, with you guys here, he heard me on the radio, and he asked me if I would come and share God's Word with you guys and share a little bit of my testimony, what the Lord has done for me, um, and and hopefully encourage you that God can be at work in, in, um, in your life as well. But before we begin, let's let's go before the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank You for this opportunity to come before You. We thank You that You are with us every hour, and we ask that You, in a special way, would come to this place, to this chapel, and that You would abide with us, Father. We don't deserve that. But we take you at your word when you say that you will. And so we ask that you would open your word before us and that your Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth. And Lord, above all, I pray that we would leave this room changed people from when we came here. Lord, I pray that those who know you would gain a deeper understanding of your love for them. And and for those that don't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day that they would reach out to you in faith and, and say, today's the day I'm going to trust Jesus Christ with my life. We thank you for this opportunity and we pray that you would bind Satan, keep him away from this room, and be glorified in all that is said. Uh, put your words in my mouth and uh, help people to uh, get the good stuff and, and throw out the bad. And use me, although I am a human and I am imperfect and thank you for the the privilege of my being used by you i pray this in jesus name amen well i just want to start out telling you a little bit about myself my name is andrew gonson and i grew up in the grand rapids area and then i moved a little north of grand rapids about 45 minutes north of grand rapids so about an hour away from here to a little town called the village of Howard City and I grew up the oldest of 11 children and uh, my parents raised me in a Christian home they taught me to love my dad I always say that my dad taught me two very important things taught me to love God he taught me to love God's word that was the first (coughs) important thing and then he taught me to love children and I think those are two very important things for uh, a father to pass on to his son and so uh, I am largely here because of my father's influence in my life and he, he taught me to love the word he taught me to love preaching the word and God has just given me the opportunity um, three years ago to found a ministry called speakingforhim.com or well, the ministry is called speaking for him the website is speakingforhim.com the number four is in the middle there and so if you ever want to look up my ministry, you can get on the web, look up my website, find some ministry audio and endorsements there. And, of course, 
Um, your prayers are appreciated. But today, um, getting into our message, if you have your Bible with you, um, I hope that you make a regular practice of reading the Word. Um, if you have your Bible with you, um, I would encourage you to turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and we're just going to take a look at the first 15 verses. I have three points uh, that I think God um, is, is bringing out to us in this passage, and I hope that we will all benefit from the study of His Word. Um, the one thing I will say is that what I have to say isn't very important as a human being, but what God has to say is, so I encourage you to study the Bible on your own, to study the scriptures after I preach, and it, you know if there's anywhere that I am in obvious error, uh, throw it out, because what God has to say is what's most important. But I think God has a lot to say to us, and I think we can know what He wants us to know. So we're just going to get started and read the first five verses. Jesus is speaking here, and He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except you abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now in this first passage that, that we're reading, you notice a couple very clear contrasts. Because he's talking about that if you abide in him, you'll, you'll bear much fruit. But if you do not abide in Him, you can't do anything. There's, there, there's no more stark contrast than that. Either you're abiding in the vine and bearing much fruit, or you're not abiding in the vine and you can't do anything. There are, I think the reason I was called to preach this particular message tonight I think is because I think this is where a lot of us myself included often get hung up because we we may we may see what the Bible says and we say that's good I need to follow it but we decide that we're going to follow it on our own strength or we think we can follow it on our own strength and we purpose we say I'm not going to be the person that I was I'm going to be a different person from this point forward. But if you don't include God in the process, if you don't make God the process, you are doomed to failure. Why is that? The Bible says that... Um, that I just want to look at a couple other uh, verses here, just by way of cross-reverence. You can keep your finger in John 15 and turn to these if you want. If not, just write them down and look them up later. It says in Romans chapter 7, verses 18 and 19, it says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, 
For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would do not, the good that I would, I do not. But the good that I would not, but the evil that I, which I would not, that I do. And so Paul is, is talking about the very real fact that as, as a believer, as someone that wants to please God, his desire is to do good and to shun evil and to not have evil reign over him. That, that's his desire. But he doesn't have anything in him uh, that would, would accomplish that goal in his own flesh. He says in Romans chapter 1 that no one seeks after God. Because no one is righteous. So it's only by the Spirit of God and by His indwelling us that we have any hope of doing something miraculous for God. And we see this in my next cross-reference to this point, which is Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. It is God who worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And the reason I bring this up again is because um, I, I hear of a lot of people that say, well, I, you know, you say, are, are you saved? Are you going to heaven? And they say, well, I, I walked an aisle when I was five years old. I, I prayed a prayer when I was eight years old. And, and they told me I was saved, and, and so I, I'm going to heaven. And certainly you can be saved that way. But when we talk about being saved, when we talk about salvation, we're not just talking about a prayer or words. Anybody can read words off a page or say words. We're talking about a living, breathing relationship with God. That's why we talk about abide with me. That song we just sang before we started. He was talking about daily walking uh, before God and having a daily interaction with God and having it be always. I think that's something that we miss, that it's supposed to be a relationship. It's not a one t- it's a one time decision that saves you. But when when you are truly saved, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit says to you that He wants you to live according to God's principles and not only does he want you to live according to God's principles he gives you the power to live according to God's principles he works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure so that's the request Jesus says if you abide in me you'll bear much fruit if you don't you'll do nothing so the first question I have for you tonight is do you want to abide in him and bear fruit or do you want to do nothing for the kingdom? And that's a question that each of us has to answer in our own hearts. The second point that I want to make tonight is to talk about the result. What are the results if we, if we follow this pattern? You know, we don't realize, I think, a lot of times the cause and effect. If you do one thing in life, it's going to lead to certain results where if you hadn't done that one thing, then, then you would have a different path to go down. When you decide whether to stay in school, you know, when you're in high school, it might get difficult and you might have decided 
to drop out. And you might be dealing with the reality of what it means to have dropped out of high school. Maybe you're working on your GED here, and that's great. But there are consequences, either positive or negative, to our actions. So this is, this is the next five verses, 6 to 10, of John chapter 15, are dealing with the result. We talk about the request, now this is the result of the request, or, or what we do with the request. It says, that If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my command, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even if I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. And this is this is another important point. Because if if you abide in Him then you'll, you'll get your prayers answered. Now, I want to be careful to, uh, to make sure that you understand this isn't about a vending machine. This isn't about Andrew, myself, wanting a Ferrari, which I couldn't drive anyway, but just for purpose of example, if I wanted a Ferrari and I prayed for a Ferrari and I didn't get a Ferrari, does that mean that God's not faithful to answer prayers? No, it's not. It means that if you ask, he will, he will answer you and He'll give you what you want because if you're abiding in the vine, your desires, or His desires, I should say, will become your desires. Your whole perspective changes. That's like when it says in the Psalms, in Psalms 37, it says, Delight yourself also in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because he takes out the old heart that you once had, the heart of stone that was in you, and he puts in a heart of flesh, and you start to see things from God's perspective, and you start to say, yes, I want what God wants. He knows what he's talking about. And he's making a promise here. He says, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even if, as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. This is another big thing. You know, a lot of times people say, well, what has God done for me lately? You know, God, we don't earn our salvation by our works. Okay? Nothing we do could earn our salvation because we're evil. We don't have the capacity to earn our salvation. We would never know when we were good enough. But I can tell you this, if we are His, if we belong to Jesus Christ, we will want to do good works as a way of thanking Him for what He did for us. And there's another verse in John chapter 14 that says, If you love Me, you will keep My commandments. So we show that we love God by doing what He asks of us. And if we're not minded to do that, it's a good idea to recheck and say, Am I really following God? Do I really take Him at His word? So, um, let's look at a couple other verses here to uh, underscore this point. Um, 
it says in uh, in John 3.18, this is again talking about the two choices. There's only two choices. It says in John chapter 3, verses 18 and 19, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. So if you believe, you're not condemned. If you believe not, you've already sealed your fate. There is no middle ground. You can't say, well, I didn't decide hell. I didn't make a decision because no decision is a decision for hell. So this particular decision of what will I do with Jesus Christ, it requires an answer. And if you don't answer the question now, You'll answer the question one day. And the Bible says that everyone's going to bow before the Lord and confess Him as Lord. But if you don't do it until the judgment day, it will be too late. And He'll say to you, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. So you have an opportunity either to have Him as your defense attorney because you believed on Him when you were here on earth and He says you're not condemned. Or, if you choose not to believe Him, if you, choose not to, if you choose to reject Him, He'll say to you, you're condemned already because you didn't believe in Me. And He'll say, I never knew you. And this really speaks to the fact that there's one way or the other. You can't walk away from salvation or lose your salvation if it's genuine. Because once the Lord knows someone, He doesn't let them go. But if you get to the end of time and He doesn't know you, then you're going to be sorry. And these aren't easy things. You know, we like to talk about the love of God. And it is great. But let me tell you, brothers, you cannot understand fully the love of God until you understand the judgment of God. God is love. That is true. But you know what? If it wasn't necessary for your sins to be atoned for, then the perfect Son of God, the very one who breathed the world into existence, would not have hung naked on a Roman cross for you. Why would He have bothered? It wouldn't have mattered. But because, because He did, because He hung, suspended, and bridge the gap between heaven and hell, then we can go to heaven because the Bible says that we're made His righteousness if we believe on Him. So, and we, we see the effects of being in Christ in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verses 8 to 10, very quickly. It says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man. And this is a man who in chapter 3, if you want to go back and look at it later, he was healed from being lame. So I really resonate with this story. It says, If we this day be examined of the good day deed being done to the impotent man, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God hath raised from the dead, 
even by him, does this man stand before you whole. And this was a fisherman, this was not a highly educated man, and this was a man that that mere weeks before had denied ever knowing the Lord, even though he had walked with him for three years. But when he denied knowing the Lord, and the Lord looked at him in, 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 in tenderness, no doubt, and in sadness, Peter did the right thing. He repented. He got down before the Lord, and he apologized, and wept profusely, and God brought him back into a right relationship, and God used him mightily, not because of who he was, but because of who God is. And God can use you. God took me, who for nine years, even after I was saved, for nine years I battled against God and I said, God, if you had made me well, if you had made me whole, then I could serve you. And he said, wait a second, Andrew. He said, I gave you a voice. I gave you a tongue. I gave you the ability to articulate. And so, and so I want you to use it. I don't want you to keep complaining about how I made you because I know what I'm doing. So surrender to me and I can use you. And he has. So we talked about the request. We talked about the result. Now let's talk about our third and final point. And that is the reason. Why did God make the request? The reason is found in John 15, 11 to 15. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known to you. So, why did Jesus make this request? He made this request because He loved us. He cared for us. And he gave himself for us. He realized Jesus never made a request of us that he wasn't willing to fulfill himself. He didn't ask us to do something that he wasn't willing to do himself. Let's look at um, a couple different verses referring to the reason Christ might have been, been preparing to give himself for us and why He wants us to abide in Him. It says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in His own image, in the image of God, created he him. Male and female created he them. And I want to ask you something, okay? If you buy something from the store, like say a computer, or or a tool, something for your tool chest, 
like a drill, and you want to learn how to use it, where do you go? You read the instruction booklet, right? Or you talk to the manufacturer. You call on the phone, you talk to the company that made it. You say, I'm having difficulty learning how to use this. Please tell me what I'm missing. And that's a pretty easy concept for us to understand. But why is it so hard for us to understand that the God who created us might just have a thing or two to, thing or two to say about how we're to live our lives and about what His plans are for us? I mean, it's so bad that people today want to deny there is a God. And I'll tell you, the reason people deny there is a God is because they don't want to be responsible to anyone. Even though the Bible says in Jeremiah that it's of God's mercies that we're not consumed every day. The very fact that you are on this planet breathing air is a testament to God's mercy. And yet, every time you go against God you take advantage of this mercy and I've been guilty of this myself I'm not telling you anything that I don't need to know myself but every time you go against God you're going against the one with the instruction manual you know people say people say well well, I don't want to follow all those rules but you know like I said, there's there's cause and effect. If you if you um, take drugs and you get addicted, it can ruin your life. You can lose all your money. You can lose your job. You can lose responsibilities. You can lose your family because it's a cause and effect. You chose to to take the drugs, and so you you, you live with the consequences. So when God tells us to live sober and righteous lives, He's not telling us because He wants to deprive us, even though it may seem like it at times. He's telling us because He knows what we need to live godly and successful lives. Because He made us. If you make something, you have the creative license over it. Nobody is supposed to take it away from you. And you can go to court and say somebody stole my idea or they stole my invention. I hold the patent. Well, God holds the patent on you. But so often, you try to steal it from Him. And I don't know about you, but I've learned the hard way that that's, that's not a good way to go. I would recommend that you go the way of surrender. Which leads me to the last verse that I want to share. It says, But as many as received Him, this is John 1.12, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. You know, I, I just said that one of the reasons that God wants, Jesus wants you to abide in Him is because He made you and He knows what's best for you. He made you and when, when, when we messed up, when, when we as men messed up, God provided a solution in His Son, Jesus Christ. And He said, through me, you can live a victorious life. 
through me, sin is defeated. As we come to the Easter season, we realize that God accomplished everything that needed to be accomplished when He sent His Son to die on the cross. Perhaps the three most important words in the Bible, in some ways, are the three words, the last phrase that Jesus spoke when He said, It is finished. But just like you know, and, and another thing that's coming up aside from Easter is the anniversary, 100th anniversary of the sinking of a ship. Sinking of the Titanic. You know, there were a lot of people that said the Titanic couldn't sink because it was solid, because it was the biggest, most miraculous boat that any man had ever made. And I've heard that there was even a a plaque in the ship itself that said not even God could sink this ship. And I really believe that the truth of Galatians chapter 6 was made manifest on that voyage. Because Galatians chapter 6 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And, uh, we're, we're kind of talking about that tonight. If you abide in the vine, you reap good fruit. If you don't, you don't reap anything. So, the question that I have for you as we close is, are you going to surrender to Christ and give Him control of your life and commit to abiding in the vine and letting Him do His work. Because if you let Him do His work, He's going to finish it. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, uh, being confident of this very thing, that He who hath begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you trust Him with your life, He will complete the work in you. But first you have to realize that you can't do it. I can't do it. And it's not good works. You know, and the, the Bible says, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Why is that? Because some people will say, well, look at what I did. Look at what I did. God's not interested in, in what you do alone. He's interested in what you do, of course. He wants us to live good and godly lives. But he's more interested in what you did with him. What your relationship is with him. And everything else in this life comes out of that. If you get the relationship with God right, then nothing that goes wrong on this earth will affect you for more than temporary. I've been in this wheelchair now for almost 33 years. I was born three months early. I never walked. But Paul wrote something that's very important to me. He said, The sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. <coughs> and you know, one day, I'm going to stand up. 
And probably shortly after I stand up, I'm going to fall right back down. And I'm going to kneel before the Lord. And I'm going to confess Him as Lord to the glory of God the Father. The first time I'm able to kneel will be when I do that. I'm looking forward to that and I want each of you to be there. So my my challenge to you first, if you're not a believer, you can't abide in the vine if you don't know the vine. You can't abide in the vine if you don't know the vine. So I'm asking you, are you going to make a decision to follow Christ tonight? Now it's not me that you have to talk to, it's God. But I challenge you to do business with God tonight as you go your way. And that before you hit the pillow, that you would just tell God, how thankful you are that He sent His Son to die for your sins. Put your name. Look at John chapter 3, verse 16. And put your name there. For God so loved Michael. For God so loved Stephen. Whatever your name is. That He gave His only begotten Son. That if Stephen, or if Michael, or if Bill, or if Andrew, or if Bartholomew believed on Him, he should not perish, but should have everlasting life. It's a promise. For people that say that you can't know, the Bible says at the end of the book of John that the thing that there could have been more written, but the things that were written were written so that you could believe and know that you had eternal life. So you don't have to doubt anymore. <coughs> And nothing would please me more than to know that you're going to be in heaven when I get there. Because you, you will be called into account for what you know. Because you know, if you, if you get to heaven and you haven't made that decision, then it's quite possible that God will look down at you and, and you'll say, but I didn't know. And He'll say, but on... March 30th of 2012 I sent someone to share the gospel with you and you rejected me. <coughs> so, my challenge to you is to accept Jesus Christ and do it with your whole life. And uh, then, for those that know Christ, sometimes it can be it can be easy to kind of jump off the vine and to start thinking we can do things in our own strength, even as Christians, and to start saying, "God, I got this," and God has to say, "No, you, no, you don't." God has you. He has you in the palm of His hand if you've trusted Him. And the Bible says that no man can pluck you out. <coughs> I hope and I pray that these um, 
thoughts have encouraged you. And um, I'm just going to close in prayer. And if you want to silently do business with God, then I would encourage you to do so. And then go talk to somebody here at the mission. I'll, I'll stay around for a few minutes afterwards to talk to you as well. But make sure that you make the right decision before it's too late because you don't know when that will be. Some people die really old. I was just talking to somebody before the service about Dick Van Dyke. He's 86 years old. So he's, and he's still <coughs> busy, still doing some acting. He, he, he's still alive. As far as I know, he hasn't accepted Jesus Christ, though. And he's had 86 years to do it. But some people die when they're young. There's a young man in Tri-County School District who, they're not sure, they haven't found him yet, but they think he drowned yesterday. 16 years old. And his life could very well be over. And most of us, if not all of us, are older than that right now. So if you use that as a scale, we've already had some borrowed time. So again, the question is, what will we do with it? And even if you have 40 or 50 years left, wouldn't you rather use it in the service of Jesus Christ than in the service of the devil? Because there's only two camps. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is with gratitude that we come before You. And we thank You for the gifts that You give us. We thank You for how good You are to us. We know that we are not worthy. Yet You love us anyway. We pray that you would continue to perfect us until that day when we are made new in your kingdom and are perfect forever. Lord, I pray your blessing upon each man in this room. I pray that you would hound those who haven't accepted you until they surrender. And for those that have but may be struggling, help them to know that you love them. Help them to know that you bought their pardon, that it's sealed, that there's nothing they can do to add to it. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs>